This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Christian Circle Podcast. Today we have a new guest who's going to talk about disabilities and people who have disabilities and how we can, in the church, include more people with disabilities. Now, uh, we're welcoming today Ms. Madeline Jarrett. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But she's going to be talking to us about this uh, topic. And the reason why we chose this is I came across an article uh, by Erin Murphy on NCR, and she had a very heartbreaking post about how people with disabilities don't feel included, especially in the Catholic Church. And so, um, uh, Madeline, just tell me first uh, a little bit about yourself and your ministry. Sure. Thanks, Pam. So... A little bit about me. I'm originally from the Midwest. I did my undergrad degree at the University of Notre Dame, where I studied theology and psychology. After Notre Dame, I did a year of postgrad service in Chicago, and then I came out to Boston to complete my Master of Divinity degree at Boston College. For the past three years, I've been teaching theology and psychology at a, um, an all-girls Catholic high school in Boston. And next year, actually in the fall, come late August, I will be starting my PhD in systematic theology at Boston College. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited to, to be able to share that news. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good that you're sharing it with all our guests. That It feels really special. It is special. I'm still kind of soaking it in. I only maybe a month ago finalized my acceptance and it's felt it still feels like it hasn't quite sunk in. So I, I love to be able to share that news with all of you. So I came across your post and must say, I mean, I wasn't even looking. This came really uh, out of field for me. I read Miss Murphy's post and it was very sad. And I thought, well, let me look at people who have written about this. And you were one of those people who have addressed this. Um, I think you had written a blog post, a very extensive blog post. Um, so first of all, what made you write this article? Sure. So yeah, I did an article in Commonweal magazine. I think that was about a year ago. Yeah, I think it was the April edition in 2020. Um, I wanted to write this article primarily because of a, an experience that I had at the closing mass for my Master of Divinity program. I just I kind of described the situation at the beginning of the article, but I I will recap it here. So I was um I was in the pews. It's a preparing myself for the ceremony. It's a really beautiful ceremony. And part of it is um, carrying a lit candle up onto the altar and all of the new graduates or the, the soon to be graduates stand up on the altar and receive a blessing from the community. Mm -hmm. And that kind of comes at the end of mass. And I realized as I was looking at the altar that the altar didn't have a railing. And I have a neurological condition, neuromuscular condition called Charcot-Marie Tooth that limits my um, mobility and causes some pretty significant balance issues. So I have a really difficult time walking up steps that don't have a railing. Mm -hmm. This was also my days. I, I now wear leg braces that help a little bit more with that, but at that time I didn't have those. So for the entire mass that was supposed to be marked by, you know, this beautiful transition and ascending forth and carrying your light into the world, all I could think about during that mass was how I was going to get up and down those three steps, um, especially carrying a candle like that felt kind of unsafe um, in more ways than one. So I had this experience and I just thought that it, it it was reflective of many other experiences that I have had in churches. And 
I know other uh, friends in the disability community have had similar experiences. So that's kind of what inspired me to write the article. I know uh, we always think about the physical aspects, you know, what are the challenges uh, that people with disabilities face and not just in the Catholic church, but all churches. And uh, these can be like, um, uh, like you mentioned, going up to the altar or even the very fact that you can't get into a church. So what are these challenges that people, you know, fail to realize that they are big challenges for people with disabilities? Yeah, so the I think the first thing that comes to mind for me and probably for many people is the need for elevators. That I think that's kind of a, a go-to one that people think, all right, we've got an elevator, it works, we're good to go. I mean, some churches don't even have that. Yeah. But in addition to, to functioning elevators that can help people navigate spaces, um, with different levels. Uh, ramps, so ramps are part of this. Floors that are even. I have been in so many churches where, again, because my balance is pretty unstable, um, I'm standing on floors that are like, have like these sudden divots and rises. And um, there, I have tripped a couple of times actually in, in churches like that and spaces like that. So that's always something that seems pretty minor that most people would be able to navigate. But if you have a physical disability, uh, that could make it a little bit more challenging. Other things, railings, like I mentioned in my own example, padded kneelers for people who may have um, like knee issues or knee discomfort, who want to be able to participate in the reverence of kneeling, but cannot do so comfortably without padded kneelers. Yeah. Another thing is um, projectors, actually. Uh, that seems like, you know, maybe it will mess with the, the vibe of an old, beautiful church. But the thing, Projectors, I think, are really essential for um, for providing people who may have hearing impairments mm -hmm. with a space to to see the words that are being read, especially in those old churches that can get really echoey. Um, and sometimes it's hard to hear, you know, for people who don't have hearing um, hearing impairments. So projectors for passages, uh, wheelchair spaces and pews. One of the things that the church that I had the closing mass in for my MDiv program did have was carved out spaces in the center, in the heart of the community um, in which people could, could kind of park their wheelchairs and participate um, at the heart of the community during a, a sacred service, which was really special and important. And then in general, oh, accessible bathrooms is also one here that I have on my list. This seems again, like something that I don't know that people would often think about the logistics of getting to a bathroom but I've seen so many churches that have elevators and have ramps, but then will put a bathroom up three steps. Like you have to walk up three steps to get to the bathroom, or you have to go to an entirely um, different level and the elevators on the other side of the church. So just kind of things like that, thinking about every step of the way or every wheel of the way, how can um, this space be fully accessible to, to all different ranges of physical abilities. And then the other thing that I would think of, so those are more structural challenges mm -hmm. that need to be addressed. I think it's really important to make space for participation mm -hmm. at all levels of um, the mass or a church service. So this means participation in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I am very involved in the church and in a classroom, I raise my hand and participate all the time, but I rarely if ever participate in lecturing for example because yeah. because the lector is you know up a set of stairs that doesn't have a railing yeah. um, making lectures accessible to people with wheelchairs mm -hmm. would also be important 
So yeah, opportunities for participation, which are in a sense structural, but they're also ideological. And that's not just um, in terms of lecturing. I think any ministry in the church is currently mm -hmm. very inaccessible for most people with disabilities, whether that's singing in the choir, serving in the food pantry. I mean, it would it would require a lot more from the church itself, right? Yes, exactly. Such a good point. And I think what I come, you know, I've heard a lot of arguments from financial perspectives, and I think those are important to take in. You know, I, I see where people are coming from with that. But I think what's most important to acknowledge is that our structures inform how we perceive the world. Yeah. So, and our structures are reflections of how we think. So when certain bodies are excluded from structures, whether or not it's intended, it communicates a message of, you know, of exclusion or, you know, you're not our top priority. Mm. When the finances are diverted from things like fixing the elevator or fixing or adding a railing or um, installing a ramp, the message that's communicated there is your inclusion is not what's important to this parish. What about spiritual challenges? So spiritual challenges, this is interesting. I, I have talked about this a lot kind of in my own personal writing and reflection. I think that there is a need for acceptance, every single person, regardless of whether or not they have a disability, to accept and embrace interdependence. Mm. And I mean by this, like coming to terms with our own vulnerability. I think sometimes that kind of vulnerability can feel scary. And in my experiences, I've seen it projected onto, you know, that feeling of scary and, and foreign and threatening projected onto persons with disabilities who in some sense can remind us of our vulnerability, um, at least for me. So I think spiritually, emotionally, we have a lot to do as a culture when it comes to facing our vulnerability, embracing our interdependence and reminding ourselves of the dignity of all human beings, which has to be lived out concretely in structures and systems. So what do you suggest in terms of changes that we can make um, to, more, to make this you know, more accessible for everybody? I'm asking not just for church leaders, but even for the community, what changes can they make? So in addition to the, the physical changes that I mentioned, mm -hmm. I think I would just invite parishes and church communities, spiritual communities, to ask themselves when it comes to decision-making on every level, who is being prioritized or what ideals or values are being prioritized. To me, one of the most powerful parts of the message of Christianity and the example of Jesus is the preferential option for the marginalized, mm. paying closest attention to the people on the outside or the people who don't feel welcomed or the people who feel isolated or unworthy. To me, being a Christian means looking at or giving our attention and our energy to those people first. Mm -hmm. So I think when just in terms of like guiding questions or guiding frameworks, that is the one that I feel is the most powerful for addressing issues of accessibility at all levels. Who do we prioritize? And the answer, according to how I you know, interpret the life of Jesus, the answer should be the marginalized. If we put those people at the center, that's what it means to be Christian. When I was reading Erin's mm -hmm. post, one of the things she said was that one, the physical aspects. The second thing she said mm -hmm. was there were many times where a priest, a homilist, or a preacher, a charismatic person would say people with disabilities don't live a full life. She was constantly questioning why is it that 
this we're not so accepting you know third she said i cannot function in any ministry at all because of this so mm. she's like why isn't the church accepting me i can read i can sing i can do so many things so mm-hmm. i had all these these things in mind and uh, i was really upset when i read that so that's why i was thinking okay maybe maybe you know you could address those so a lot of times we hear these narratives that people with disabilities don't live a full life or that their life is somehow less valuable or less meaningful or less rich because of physical or intellectual or any other type of impairment or limitation. And this narrative itself, I think, has is reflected in the physical structures and also in, in, in our ideology and how we conceptualize these issues in the church. So I think the thing that I would want to say about that narrative is that not only is it harmful, it's pretty narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. It's not true in my experience. To me, it reflects a misunderstanding of what it means to live a full life. Mm-hmm. It's the fullness of someone's life based on their ability to perform certain tasks as society has deemed them, or is a full life, a life that includes something else, uh, relationships, love, care, interdependence, etc. And I think if we look to the example of Jesus, the answer is clear. It's the latter. So I think as part of this parishes and individuals really can ask themselves, how do they conceive of a full life? What does it mean to them to live a good life? And what is the gospel? How does the gospel speak to that? And I think that those questions will start people off maybe in a direction that that complexifies the narratives that we have about disabilities being unequivocally bad and, you know, terrible for everyone involved. In my experience, it's much more complex. And there's actually actually a lot of richness that has come out of my embodied experiences. So how can we address, and uh, I'm not just asking it physical, but emotional and spiritually as well. How can we address this lack of inclusivity in the church? Because there are people who even on an everyday basis, who feel unwelcomed within the Catholic Church. Um, there's mm-hmm. always this, uh, this, this tug of war between the cradle Catholics and the, the born-again Catholics and the recent Catholics and all this stuff, um, the Eastern Orthodox and the Latin Rite, and, and, and all these things have sort of, they've kind of come up and, and kind of become chaos within the Church. So how do we address this lack of inclusivity? That's an excellent question. I think for me, I mean, this is a tough, like the unity and and division in the church in our country and our society is obviously a a very big question that I don't know that I would have a a full answer to. But my my initial thought that comes to mind for all of those communities is like, what do we have in common here, people? Like it's it's the example of Jesus. It's the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the message of the gospel is one of love, justice, and making God's presence known and felt by all. And to me, that call should take precedence over anything and can kind of be a guiding light in, in a lot of different senses for a lot of communities. In terms of making this concrete in spiritual communities, I think it would depend on individual churches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, parishes could create councils where they intentionally seek people who maybe aren't reflected in the electors or in the priest or um, in the the decision-making powers in the church, people of diverse backgrounds and experiences and call or invite them to, to share what would help them feel more 
included and welcomed and prioritized. I know that that's a little bit of a general, a general answer. Does that help answer your question? What would you personally like? So obviously I have a lot of feelings about intentional awareness about where people with disabilities may not feel included. Yeah. And I think that's really important. I also think ideologically, there's a lot of work to do. A really concrete example of this, I, I encourage leaders of parishes to create awareness events, invite speakers with disabilities, call on your priests and your homilists to talk about this. Yeah. There are a lot of really interesting gospel passages about embodiment and physicality and disability some of them are tough are are pretty tough in terms of disability perspectives but they also have a lot of there's a lot to be said so i think just starting the conversations with people like where are wheelchair users where are are people with hearing impairments where are the people that they're out in the world so why aren't they here I think there's a there's some introspection that every parish has to has to do with that there's also a lot of social stigma around disability that I think has to be addressed as well. So kind of increasing, first of all, like our interactions, our our intentionality around welcoming people with disabilities into the space, inviting conversations, inviting new voices into the space, and being willing to take risks and like concrete action in order to make this this stuff a little bit more apparent in the community. And then I feel from there, it would be a little bit of a ripple effect. You know, once one person starts to think about it and talk about it, you can't unsee these issues in a, in a building, in a parish. So I think starting there is an excellent starting point. So do you have any last thoughts um, about this? No, I'm I'm so grateful to be able to talk about this. I I think that the Catholic Church has a really rich theology of embodiment, the dignity of the body, the wisdom of the body, the presence of God in the body. And I'm really passionate about that. And I don't think that it's been as uplifted in our narratives as it could be. So part of my my project, I guess you could say, is upholding the dignity and wisdom of our body in all its forms and all its pains and weaknesses and joys and pleasures and all of that. And kind of marking that distinctly as a place where God works. I think that's that's a big part of this. A lot of times, maybe sometimes we get sucked into the language of spirit and the spiritual level and, you know, the ethereal. But to me, the richness of Catholicism and Christianity is the emphasis that it places on the sacredness of the body in all its complexity. One of the things that I have talked about or reflected on before is this body-spirit dualism in the church mm-hmm. um, and how the history, in the history of the Catholic Church, there has been an influence that's not authentic to the gospel. And that has been, it's come in from Greek philosophy, Plato's idea that the body is less important and should be subordinate to the spirit. And I think this idea kind of still exists in the church today, that things of the spirit are more sacred and more important than things of the body. And this has implications for how we treat not only our bodies, but all bodies, and especially bodies that are different than the ones that we encounter regularly. Yeah, that body-spirit connection to me is really important and almost resurrecting the sacredness that we 
perceive or pay attention to in our body cannot be separated from these questions of marginalization of certain types of bodies, including bodies with disabilities. Do we view the things of the spirit as more important than the things of the body? Are they really separate? I think those are important questions to ask. It's inviting all of us to view more closely our relationships with our own bodies Mm. and also recognize that no one, no one can escape bodily pain and limitation and decline. It's a part of the experience of every single person, regardless of whether or not you have a disability. And I think once we start to realize that this is not so much an isolated thing that we can push away, it's a part of who we all are. And we need to start coming to terms with that and welcoming it and acknowledging it and integrating it into our spirituality and spiritual practices and services. There's a lot of richness that can, that can come from that. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today about this uh, very difficult and little known subject. Tell people if, you know, in case they want to speak to you or they want to meet with you, uh, where they can find you online. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me, Pam. I really enjoyed this conversation and these questions. And every time I talk about this, I like more things will come to me afterwards. So, so I would love to hear from people. I would love to hear from people or continue this conversation at any time. The best way to reach me is on Instagram, actually. So I'm on Instagram at the homecoming. So it's the, and then underscore homecoming, one word and underscore again. So uh, that's the platform that I use to talk about my experience of disability and spirituality and Catholicism. And so I would love to love to hear from, from anyone on that platform. Okay, so thank you so much and uh, all the best with your PhD. Thank you again, Pam.